And we're back. This time with episode 406 of Instant Star, titled My Hometown. This episode is so much better <laughs> than anything since 401. Like, this episode was a standard, like, 22-ish minutes without commercials. It felt so much longer. I was, like, enveloped in the story. Performances by the actors were giving everything they needed to. It's just... <laughs> Where was this quality in the past five episodes? Or four episodes, I guess. I really enjoyed it. So... Let's just kick things right off. There's really just an A and a B plot this time. I'm going to start with the A because uh, it'll probably take me the longest and I'm the most excited to talk about it. But the B plot is really good too. So we start off with the opening scene. If you recall from 405, Tommy is left to go take care of his mother in New Brunswick. And we learn in this opening scene that he's been gone for five weeks. And so Jude is practicing with SME. They're in the rehearsal space. Jude's looking for help with lyrics. And Speed's like, I don't write lyrics. I literally just play guitar. <laughs> Please don't ask for anything else from me. And Kyle says the same. And Jude's voiceover is like, we can do long distance. We love each other and it's all great. I can do this. I can do this. And she reiterates that. And then the scene smash cuts to her at Tommy's door. And <laughs> she's like, I can't do this. <laughs> uh, or Tommy's um, mom's door. And so the whole A plot takes place in New Brunswick. It's not, I don't know if they ever say where in New Brunswick, and I'm American, so I'm not really familiar with the province as a whole, but we meet several people in Tommy's life that are, what's the word? <laughs> um, hmm, they're like small town people, <laughs> which hopefully you know what I mean by that. Um, salt of the earth, some might say. Uh, so before I get in to all of that, I just want to say the episode, the A-plot that is, is filled with Tommy backstory. And while I really enjoyed the episode and everything that we learned and everything that took place, it's just so unfortunate that it took us until halfway through season four to learn these things about him. Like, we could have fleshed out so many other storylines with him if we had known what we learned in this episode. Like, there's... There's a lot to unpack here, and it's a shame, but also, you know, I'm glad it happened eventually, I guess. So like I said, we are in Tommy's hometown somewhere in New Brunswick. There's a lot of, um, like, waterfront shots, which are really pretty. Instant Star kind of reuses a lot of the same sets sometimes. So we're either, like, at Jude's house, or we're in G Major, or we're, like, walking downtown, and so there are a lot of scenes in like this pretty waterfront town that are really nice. It's nice to break up the monotony a little bit. But anyway, I keep getting away from it. We meet several people in Tommy's life. So we meet his cousin, 
whose name is Celine, I think. We meet two of his, or like two or three of his like childhood friends, but their interactions are not friendly. <laughs> um, like there's a lot of resentment between like everyone in Tommy's life and Tommy in this episode, which I'll dive more into, of course. So Jude gets dropped off into this house and she's just like smiling and happy the whole time. Like so excited to meet everyone. Um, one of Tommy's friends, I think his name is Mike, maybe. I'm not sure. But he meets Jude and he's like, hi. And then to Tommy on the side, he's like, nice, which is like, whatever. But then right after that, he says, isn't she still in high school? <laughs> <laughs> just barely she's just barely out of high school and it happens throughout the episode you get like backstory on Tommy but to sum up the situation here uh, Tommy's mom is an alcoholic and has been for some time presumably since Tommy was a child and she now has early onset Alzheimer's disease. And so a lot, I mean, pretty much all of the episodes or all of the scenes that she's in, she's very out of it. She's referencing events from 10, 15 years ago. She is like fighting with Tommy as if he is um, still a child. It's really rough for Tommy to see her this way. And he also just kind of actively antagonizes her, even though he knows clearly that she, you know, isn't well. We learn that Tommy's cousin, Selena, Selena or Celine, it's one of those. We learn that he's been paying her to take care of his mom. And that's one of the things that causes resentment between Tommy and his group of friends. I think Mike and Ryan are their names, the two that we see the most often here. So you learn these various things throughout the episode. I'm just saying them all now so I don't forget them. <laughs> but they get like peppered in throughout the episode. And also, during a brief conversation that Jude has with Tommy's mom, just the two of them, his mom says something to the effect of, oh, well, Tom, nobody calls him Tommy here. They all call him Tom. Oh, and his last name is Dutois, which like isn't that relevant. But Jude, in a trying to be cute way, calls him Tommy cute. And he's like, no, it's Tom Dutois here. So not clear where Quincy came from, but I guess some record label person thought it would be a catchier name for him. So anyway, uh, in a conversation that Jude has with Tommy's mom, she says something like, oh, well, Tom abandoned me ever since he was 12, which maybe it's just her memory escaping her. But also, the show has never been explicit about when Tommy was part of Boy's Attack. I mean, like most boy bands that I can think of, the members were probably... And they're like late teens. I don't know how old the One Direction kids were actually. They were probably in their like 16, 17s when they were like big. I don't actually really know. 
but then I think like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, they were probably like early 20s, late teens. But anyway, all that to say, I don't know the timeline of when he was like at his peak. I don't know when he joined Boys Attack. None of that's really clear, but he's 25 now and has been out of Boys Attack for some undetermined amount of time. So if he did join at the age of 12, I that just seems kind of off to me. That's the point that I was trying to make. So I've gotten off track a little bit here, <laughs> trying to say things before I forget them. Uh, so getting back into sequential order. So the first like inciting event is that June and Tommy are out for a walk and they run into the mayor of whatever this small town is. And he says, oh, Jude, why don't you do me a big favor and come down to the state fair? <laughs> I guess it's not a state fair, but it's that type of thing. Like they're performing in a gazebo outside. And she's like, oh, well, maybe if I had Tommy help me. And the mayor's like, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> For some reason, he reminds me of the mayor from Stardew. <laughs> There's not... Like, not in the way that he looks, but I don't know. There's something about him that gives that, like, quirky, I've been doing this all my life <laughs> type of energy. So, June and Tommy perform together at the State Fair. Uh, and it's the song of the episode. It's a duet. Uh, again, it's not Tim, the actor who plays Tommy. It's not him singing. It's, um, there's an actual singer <laughs> singing for him, respectfully. But it's a really good song. I'll talk more about that in the rating section. So they're performing at the state fair. You see the two childhood friends, Mike and Ryan, they're, they pull up and in the background, Tommy sees them like laughing at him essentially and, you know, continuing to look down on him is like what you're supposed to understand from their presence in the episode or in the scene specifically. So after Ju and Tommy perform together, we cut to a scene. They're back at Tommy's house, Tommy's mom. I really don't remember if they say what her name is. <laughs> if they did, I've missed it. Um, so apologies, but Tommy's mom is like tearing up the house and she says she's looking for a locket. Um, she's like, throwing things around trying to find the socket and Tommy says oh there she's like going crazy again he doesn't say that but he says something to the effect of that but Jude is genuinely concerned because his mom is so distraught she's looking so hard for this locket and Jude says like oh I'll help you what does it look like and Tommy is <laughs> this is like his prime antagonization he starts like in this very exaggerated, obviously facetious manner, like picking up things and like he picks up the lid to a pan and like looks underneath that and <laughs> is being like actually really rude about like looking for this thing. Again, he knows that his mom has Alzheimer's. Why is he being so negative? Um, and so he's antagonizing his mom. He's antagonizing Jude for like trying to help her. And it just isn't going well at all. 
So Tommy finally says like, oh, well, you came here and you wanted to see my life. Here's my life is what you wanted. And as he's like leaving, he says, well, you know, this is what you wanted. So why don't you just stay here and have a blast? So we fast forward a little bit. He's at um, like the local bar. And again, the two childhood friends come in, Mike and Ryan, whatever. And Tommy's playing pool. They come up to him and I don't know how they get on the topic, but one of them's like, hey, why don't you hire Mike to like be your chauffeur? Or why don't you hire Ryan to polish your guitar or whatever? Oh, one of them says something about like, oh, I bet you have millions to spare or something. But anyway, the resentment that these two friends have for Tommy really seems to be jealousy, but they still do anything they can to antagonize him. So they're like poking and prodding at him again. And they start like singing the song that Tommy and Jude were singing at the the fair. And this like sets Tommy off. He punches one of these friends, they get into a big fight. And then this scene just like ends very abruptly. A little bit later on, Jude is still at Tommy's house she's worried he hasn't come home she's calling him she can't reach him she finds out that he's in jail so she goes down to the jailhouse <laughs> is that the proper name she goes down to the jailhouse and they have this like pretty i don't know if pivotal is the right word i want to use but they have uh, a very significant scene between the two of them that i actually really enjoyed and have um, some thoughts about. So we get to Tommy's jail cell and he's just laying down in there feeling sorry for himself. Jude walks up and she's like, Hey, Tommy Q. And he's like, don't call me that. (laughs) He's so upset. And Jude says, well, you know, I found a nurse who's looking for a full-time job. You know, why doesn't she take care of your mom? So you don't have to pay your cousin and like have this weird rift in your family and Tommy says like oh Jude Harrison to the rescue (laughs) because he's been nothing but antagonizing to everyone (laughs) in this episode not that the Mike and Ryan people didn't deserve it because they were I mean they started it but Tommy as a whole has just been very unpleasant in this one so Tommy says the Jude Harrison to the rescue thing Jude brushes that off, but is like, you know, I'm just trying to get you back to the city, to like our life together. And Tommy, again, being rude, says, don't you know, don't you know how to butt out of things? Okay. And then Jude keeps trying to deflect these hits, (laughs) these savage hits that Tommy's doling out. She says, I love you. Why is that so hard for you to understand and act on appropriately? She doesn't say that last part. I added that in because it's relevant. So Jude says, I love you. Like, why do you keep fighting that? And Tommy's like, you love this prepackaged Tommy Q. But Tommy Q is a fake name for a fake person. And if you met me as this quote unquote real me like I wouldn't have made it past your front door or whatever and 
pausing there because there's more that he says afterwards. So everything that's like quote unquote negative that you learn about Tommy is just like dumb, like small town kid stuff. <laughs> like I've yet to hear anything in this episode that meets this level of like, I'm so tortured and I'm so sad or whatever. I mean, I am maybe downplaying a bit that his mom is an alcoholic and, you know, I can't imagine what that's like to grow up with someone who's, you know, been overtaken by drug addiction. They don't say anything about his dad, um, unless I missed it, but he presumably isn't in the picture at all. Maybe it was always like that with him growing up too. But Tommy obviously harbors a lot of shame and a lot of guilt for like leaving his family I assume, but also like paying his cousin to be there for his family in place of him. There's just a lot of, I don't know, there's some like real deep self-esteem issues with Tommy here because like he thinks that he's such a bad person. Like he says this to Jude in various ways during this conversation and the episode as a whole. He thinks he's so bad, but like all the things we learn about him in this episode are just like things that have happened on to him <laughs> and that he's been like in the midst of his mom says some things about he like stole cigarettes one time or something which again it's like a petty dumb thing you do as a kid it's not like you were such an irrevocably bad person because you did some asshole kid things like no <laughs> like you're so worth and capable of like overcoming this but the things that probably hurt the most about someone in a situation like Tommy's are again they're external things but obviously still affect you personally I'm rambling a bit but it kind of leads into the next thing that Jude says I think Tommy takes some other like shot at her because <laughs> again he's hurting like deep down inside so he says something else negative and Jude finally has had enough she's not deflecting these hits anymore and she says i'm so sick of hearing about how awful you think you are and i was just like yes that's such a perfect succinct way to capture everything this episode was like <laughs> tommy was so sad and so upset during all of it but like none of this is like his fault like <laughs> You are not this awful person that you think that you are so hard. But I mean, you probably feel that way. And again, it's deep rooted. But I too was sick of hearing how <laughs> about how awful Tommy thinks he is. You're just, you were just a kid. So that part was kind of sad. The whole vibe of this jailhouse scene is obviously like pretty somber. And the performances here by both, um, Tim and Alex were really good. Again, where was this type of storyline, this type of content in the past four episodes? Because <laughs> obviously I enjoyed 401 a lot, but it was a lot of it was because it was a messy. <laughs> it was a funny, messy episode, but this was like a really good on its own merit type of episode. 
in a way that 401 wasn't. So getting back to the scene, when Jude says, um, or no, Jude says, I'm so sick of hearing how bad you think you are. Tommy says something else that I'm forgetting. And, oh, Jude says the line. And then Tommy says something like, well, why don't we just break up or whatever? And then Jude says, why is it so easy for you to throw us away? And then again, (laughs) Tommy is like, because I'm not good enough for you. And then Jude's like, okay, well then, you know, I guess we're done here, whatever. Or maybe Tommy says that. But essentially they break up in this scene. And so the last that we see of Jude in the episode is... Um, she's talking with Tommy's mom and Tommy's mom still isn't really receptive to what she's saying, but she says like, Tommy's a good person, you know, take care of him. And that's really it for the A plot again. So such a good A plot. I (laughs) have probably mentioned before that like, we just didn't know about Tommy before this episode. And in this episode, we learned a lot (laughs) about Tommy And it's a shame that it couldn't have happened earlier. Something else that I don't know if they'll get to. They probably won't. But it would be nice to see them draw a parallel between the fact that Jude is becoming famous very young. And Tommy also became famous very young. And like, what, how does that affect their relationship and how they see each other? Or maybe more so how Tommy sees Jude knowing like the storm of fame that's about to come for her etc and like she's pretty popular and obviously their relationship made them both really popular too because like people are always obsessed about who's dating who and this and that but yeah like knowing tommy's backstory about like this resentment that he feels about his family etc like they could have done so much more with that throughout <laughs> the course of the series. And Tommy's character as a whole is always someone who's been like very stoic. And there was a lot of that in this episode, obviously. But the love that um like he says he has for Jude, as I rewatch, I like don't see that really at all. Uh, when I was younger, I was just like, oh, these are two attractive people and they like each other. So that's cool. But and I think Sadie says something to this effect about him being, what did she say back? Oh, I'm forgetting. But Sadie said something to the effect of like, he's so passionate. I'm like, he's really not. <laughs> he's kind of like a sad sack all the time. And it's just like very, I don't know. He's pretty aloof. But like, if I would have known this about him, it would have like made more sense. He's aloof because he feels guilty because he feels um, like shame about leaving his family things like that. It's like, okay, I see where he's coming from now. He's not just this like guy who's upset because he was in a boy band as a kid or something, you know, it would have just given him so much more depth. I feel like I know this character now. And they've broken up for a reason that's not just like, oh, we're like miscommunicating about this or that. Like, we know Tommy more now and that's good. That's cool. Anyway, I'm starting to ramble and talk in circles. So let me just jump into the B plot. 
So this is a Jamie and Blue focused B-plot. So with Zeppelin working at G major, she's been not so subtly um, doing recon work on the three instant star finalists. So they don't have... (laughs) So in 405, they were showing like the auditions phase. And then this episode, it's just like, here are these three finalists. (laughs) So there's, there's Blue, who's paid by Cassie Steele, as I've said. And then there's Milo, who is a singer in real life. His first name's Kyle. I'm blanking on his last name. Yeah, but he's a singer too. And then there's um, a little girl, I forget her name, uh, but she's like an R&B type act, like a karma sort of deal. But she's like very young, like 10 or so. So there are, three, there are the three finalists. Zeppelin is doing like recon work to take back to NBR and Jamie and Pagan to see like who are they going to poach. And so they settle on liking Blue the most. In the background, it's Speed's 19th birthday. Again, how old is Karma? We don't know. But it's Speed's 19th birthday, so they're throwing a party at like the big mansion that they're shooting in. So Jamie, by way of Zeppelin, meets Blue at this party. And Blue straight up says, you know, G Major has like, shown us contracts and... Like, I know what the potential might be for me at G Major, but, you know, nothing's set in stone, so let's let's see what you're talking about. And so Blue pulls Jamie into the, the Caramela's closet at this mansion and essentially says, like, what I've just stated. Like, you know, G Major has options for me, but I don't want to get lost in the shuffle with all these other artists, so... Let's see what your label's talking about. But while they're in this closet, Blue starts getting a little aggressive. Um, and she straight up kisses Jamie. It's implied afterwards that there are probably some sexual relations going on because when they leave the closet, they're both like straightening out their clothes. So presumably something happened in there. And Jamie's all excited. Not really that he has an artist, but that he thinks that him and Blue are going to be something after this. So we fast forward a little bit. It's the next day or so. Jamie, uh, we're in NBR. Jamie comes up to Zeppelin and is like, well, how do I look? Uh, I'm going to meet Blue. And Zeppelin's like, oh, okay, well, I'll get the contract and I'll, you know, I'll get ready real quick. And Jamie's like, no, it's like more of a date thing (laughs) and I already see what's coming and Zeppelin's like oh okay she hasn't really I mean she's kind of shown interest in Jamie at this point not outwardly like towards him but you know she gives him some looks and like does little things here and there for him so it's obviously you know that it's obvious that she has some sort of feelings for him So anyway, we get to this quote-unquote date. Jamie starts talking about, like, I usually don't... (laughs) He says something dorky. He's like, I usually um, get to know people before 
uh, this and that, whatever. Um, and he's like rambling on basically about how he like wants to get to know her better. And Blue is just staring at him with, <laughs> with just utter confusion. And she says, and I quote, I thought I was getting a contract, not a boyfriend. <laughs> and of course, this breaks poor Jamie's heart for like the umpteenth time now. <laughs> this man is just cannot get lucky in love. So he does a kind of nice guy thing where after Blue says like, I was looking for a contract. I'm not here to date. Like I really, we did it because it was in the moment, but I'm not, you know, I don't really care <laughs> about being romantic with you. So Jamie gets all upset and he's like, I'm glad I left the contract at my place. We don't want someone like you. It's like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> Jamie, don't let this cloud your judgment. You have no artists. Zero. Um, but then the next scene in the B plot, I think it's that same day, and Jamie gets back to NBR and Blue is just there. <laughs> and Pagan's like, oh, look, Blue's here. And Blue says, well, I found a contract and I signed it, so I'm here now, huh? And yeah, that's really the resolution of the B-plot. I wish Cassie had joined a little bit earlier. I needed <laughs> I needed her energy a bit earlier in the season, but I'm glad she's here now. She's really what I wish Karma's character was. I mean, because they have that same level of like cutthroat, I'll do what it takes to make it in this industry, but Karma's slant on it was more about like tearing people down in the process, if that makes sense. Whereas Blue is just, you know, she's going to do what she needs to do to make it happen, but she's not interested in like overtly being rude or stepping on people, but she'll be kind of underhanded about it and like make you think X, Y, Z when it's really ABC. So love that. Love Cassie Steele. Excited to see what happens with her character because I don't really remember, but I don't think She's on here for too long. I don't think she makes it to the end of the season, but anyway, we'll see what happens. So with the plot synopses wrapped up, it's time as usual for the song and episode ratings. So this episode's song is titled Here We Go Again. Like I mentioned, it's the duet that Jude and Tommy sing at this state fair type venue. It's really good. I was about to say it's the first duet of Instant Star, but that's not true because that was a waste of my time in the first season. But this is obviously the first Jude and Tommy duet. It's really good. It's um, a fairly up-tempo song. The songwriting itself is kind of whatever, but I really like the melodies. And I also really like the fact that it is a duet. Ratings-wise, I'd say it's a 7 out of 10 for me. It's pretty good. The episode rating. So, like I said, I really like this episode. <laughs> this is the first time that both an A and B plot have, like, really interested me and kept my attention. Again, easily the best episode. Easily since 401. And like I mentioned, I gave 401 a high rating for, like, messy entertainment reasons. But this episode was genuinely 
like good entertaining <laughs> like strong performances storylines I didn't like cringe laugh at like I was really just actually invested so for me hmm, I'm trying to think of any drawbacks but I don't really yeah I'll go I'll go eight out of ten for the episode so song rating of seven out of ten and an episode rating of 8 out of 10. Episode 406, My Hometown, gets an average of 7.5 out of 10. Thank you all so much for listening. Of course, in the next one, we'll jump into episode 407. And I hope to see you all then. Bye. Bye.